You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 276. In this episode, how to get the benefits of power training without weights or machines. In motivation, we're going to review your self-talk and how to identify it and how to challenge it. And in nutrition, I'm going to tell you about some foods I've never heard of until the internet. So first of all, I hope you had a chance to go download the worksheets that I put up on the fitgirlpodcast.com site so that you can kind of keep up with me when we go into the motivation section and our self-talk. So, you know, if you did, go grab them now or you can put me on pause. And we're coming towards the end of the first 28-day makeover. So I'm excited to hear the different results from everybody that's doing that one right now. And if you haven't been doing it, or if you want to do it, go ahead and click on it on the website, because it's right there, big pink logo, and it'll take you right to where all the information is. And of course, if you can help me out by doing either a review or subscribing to the podcast, that would be great because I'm just trying to get myself back up to where it used to be when I was consistent. And I think I've been consistent so far. So hopefully that warrants a little bit of um, subscribes or comments or views or whatever. So the other thing is that in the training section, I have some exercises that I want to demonstrate for you. And so that's probably going to come out tomorrow on the YouTube channel. So if you are on my email list, I'll send out a note when that's actually posted, which, you know, for most people probably be tonight, but maybe tomorrow. Um, And that way you can see some of the things that I'm talking about, because it's, it's sometimes easy to explain, but it's a heck of a lot easier just to watch somebody do some of these training movements. And one last thing before we get into the episode, I have been searching probably for the last 10, 15 years for the perfect platform or at least somewhere where I can consolidate all the different websites that I have. And there's a lot of different projects and products that I have, and I want to get them all in one place. So I think I have finally found that. And what's even more exciting to me is that this particular platform also has a community that would be exclusively to us. It would be kind of like a Facebook page or a Facebook page itself for fit girl fans or just for fitness fans and anyways I'm getting really close to finishing that up and why it's going to take me a little bit longer is because I'm also turning that into an app so that you can just load it on your phone and then all the different information different things that I'm going to be offering up on there will be there and all of the old audio workouts that I had that are still really good to use and and people starting to use them again more since they're on the phones and they're listening to things when they're working out Um, these are audio workouts where I literally take you through every single step and repetition of a workout for weights or for cardio intervals And it's as if I'm actually standing there with you, encouraging you and telling you how to feel each repetition. So the point is that I probably have about 30 of those, and those are going to be part of the all-access pass when I get the rest of the website up there and going and everything like that. So again, get on the list. Um, You know, I've got those little spots all over the um, websites and the the Facebook page and all that other stuff so that when it's 100% ready, I can let you know because I'm going to need some testers for that too. And I know I already have a few of them and that way we can kind of get it out even faster and make sure it's well polished too. So I'm really excited about that. It's been forever to try to find something like this. So that's about it. Let's get into our topics. 
In the previous episode, we talked about doing power type training, some explosive parts of exercises to actually help boost your metabolism even more. But what do you do if you train at home and you either don't have any equipment whatsoever or you have very limited equipment, maybe just a few dumbbells or some resistance bands. How can you do explosive movements in that situation? Well, there's a lot of different power movements that you can do, and the repetition speed is going to also make a difference in how that power translates into your body. Now, the one thing you want to remember when you are doing power training is that you don't want to go to fatigue. You don't want to go to the point where your body breaks down because that's when you can actually risk an injury or compromising your form. So your goal is to actually, you know, move whatever weight or whatever body weight thing you're doing fast and hard, and there's going to be lower reps. So you're thinking of explosive movement, but you're always controlling it and even going a little bit slower on the negative in some scenarios. So the first one is exactly what I'm going to talk about. So by going fast in your lift, think about squats. So you can actually lower yourself slowly into your squat and then power it up, power it up not just with speed, but also by controlling the quadriceps and the hamstrings so that they are very explosive. And if you've ever done it, you'll know what I'm talking about because you can do your squat your regular pace, but again, you can also go real slow down and go explosive up. So think of like maybe a, a three or four count down and then just a one, maybe two at the most on the way up. Now, keep in mind that at the top, you are not going to snap your knees. You're going to keep them slightly bent. You're going to keep the tension in those legs pretty much like you would for regular squats. So adding that explosive component is basically taking the same exercise you would always do and making it even better and also making it different. So it's not the kind of thing that you would need to do all the time when you do squats because there's different tempos that will do different things and your body needs a variety of them. But it's an example of how you can take what would be a regular exercise and now you can add that power component. And that will hold true also for different exercises in the gym. Now I know we're talking about kind of home training or limited training, so we're going to continue on that path. Now talking about squats... The other way to power it up is jump. Jump straight up, jump with your arms, maybe don't jump with your arms, maybe uh, jump with something in your hands, jump with your hands overhead, any type of jumping movements. And remember, you're going to land on your heels with the knees bent. So you're not just going to jump straight up and then land with straight legs. You want to squat back into it. So again, it's still the squat. You're jumping up, but when you land, you're still moving through the bottom end of that squat. So you always want to allow your legs, your muscles to absorb the impact. And that's why you keep your butt traveling downward as you finish through that jump. Now, jumps don't just have to be straight up and down. You can also jump forward. You might call it a broad jump. And sometimes it can be kind of fun to see how far you can jump. And can you do five jumps uh, of that same distance? Can you do better than last time? I mean, there's all little games that you can play with yourself and then think of your form too. You know, are you going to swing your arms when you do that broad jump or are you going to keep them by your side? It does make a huge difference. And that is a power movement. Now, it might not seem like it because you might jump from point A to point B and think, well, that wasn't too hard. But then you're going to start to do it maybe five or six times at the most and realize that it's going to be cardiovascular, and that explosiveness is going to take more out of you than you realize. But again, you don't want to go to full fatigue. You're not going to feel a burn, but that's not what power training is about. 
It's about creating explosive power. Now front lunges are equally as good because you also don't need to have weight or you can have weight. But if you don't have weight, doing them with your hands either at your head like prisoner style or with your hands overhead or even just by your side, again, you can focus on an explosive component. So when we normally do a front lunge, you're stepping forward and you're driving your body back on your heel. But this time, you're going to really get explosive off that heel. So much so that when you push off that heel, you're almost going to fall backwards. That's when you know you've got that power component going for you. And you can do that with just regular front lunges too, because again, it's supposed to be explosive. But there's a difference when you want to make it an extra hard explosive. So you always want to go into it controlled and then just really explode off. And this is the kind of stuff that's going to be simulating sprints. Maybe you don't have a track or maybe you don't have a place that you can run outside or maybe like down here it's so darn hot you're going to die if you try to run outside. Then you need to have some sort of power movement and I know a lot of people also don't like sprinting um, and the problem with sprinting I have is that most people don't actually sprint the way they're supposed to so they end up jogging and that's really counterproductive to what we're trying to accomplish. So stick with things that are easy and short and explosive, and I don't really mean easy, I should, guess I should have said simple. Um, so the other thing with the lunges, keeping that in mind, is of course your plyometric jumps. And with the lunges, you can jump straight up, you can jump to where you exchange the legs, some people call it a scissors, but either way, it doesn't have to be 20 of them. It could be as simple as just exchanging legs two times, and basically having four exchanges or you know whatever amount you want to do, but just that explosiveness in the middle of the workout or part of the workout. And again, 10 million different ways you can work this into your workout, but know that when you do some of this power training, it is very much going to impact your metabolism and for a lot longer time than it would be impacted from just cardio by itself. Now, I'm sure there are other things that I'm forgetting about that you can do at home, but you're basically looking at jumps, either straight up or jumps coming forward or even backwards if there's a way to do that. Um, you're talking about lunges, mostly front lunges, maybe plyometric lunges. Um, something that I think we all know how to do but sometimes forget is skipping. Yes, skipping in place, getting your knees as high as you can is also going to be a power plyometric exercise. Now, on some of these exercises, you can hold dumbbells and make it a little more intense, but it is really not necessary because you're really going for speed and explosiveness, not necessarily how much weight you can use while you're exploding. Okay, that sounded kind of weird. But anyways, moving on to the upper body, you have your things like planks and push-ups, the normal things you would do if you didn't have anything, uh, any sort of equipment, and you can make those very much power oriented too. The push-up is probably the easiest one because you can lay flat on your stomach and then just push yourself up as, as hard as you can. And whether you do that onto your knees or onto the straight legs, it doesn't matter. You're still taking that upper body and you're exploding quickly up. And that's usually how I teach people to do push-ups because a lot of times they can't control it up and down. And when they try to lower it, they push up too soon. So when you're doing a push-up, you really should have your chest touch the floor each time. None of this little air push-up stuff that's only going to hurt your shoulders. Now if that's not comfortable for you or you don't have a clean floor or who knows what where you are, you can also do that against the wall. So you can set up just like you would for a push-up on the floor and do it against the wall, pushing yourself off of it. But of course 
be careful of what might be behind you because if you push too hard, you don't want to go falling backwards. But the concept is the same. Um, some people will do it on maybe a half wall if they have something like that in their house or if maybe they've got a half wall in their neighborhood, they'll, they'll do a push up off of there. But again, coming controlled on the way down because certainly you don't want to go fast and hit your face, controlled on the way down and then explosive back, focusing on both sides, both sides of your chest, pushing at the same time. The other thing is that when you're doing wall push-ups, you could probably do the kind where you can clap in the middle a little bit easier than when you're on the floor because you have to push yourself up a little higher. So again, if you're trying to think of variations, start first against a wall because that way you're a little safer, a little more controlled, and you can kind of figure out some of the dynamics of it first. Now, assuming that the push-ups are way too easy for you, you can also do one arm at a time. And you can put one arm on something, whether it be um, a stability ball. Oh, not stability ball. Of course, you could do that. Yeah, it might be a little challenging <laughs> because your arm will be falling all over the place, but I'm sure somebody does it. Um, but I meant to say medicine ball uh, or a yoga block or anything that kind of elevates one hand so that you can focus on the other. Some things I've actually seen is uh, taking your planks and kind of pushing up like a push-up and clapping and then landing in that plank position and then lowering down and starting from the bottom again. It's probably a little too confusing to explain, but anyways, when it comes to planks, what I like to do for the explosive part is jacks. And basically you're just getting your plank position, whether it's on your elbows or whether it's straight arm, and then you're taking your feet out and together, kind of like a jumping jack, but it's just your feet moving. So you have that explosive movement. And again, you keep the abs tight, obviously, and the shoulder blades contracted, your back is activated but you can go at whatever pace you want. You can explode out and hold, or you can explode out and in and do quickly a bunch of repetitions. There's a number of different ways you can do it, but as always, you're focusing on your form, making sure everything's staying tight and in the proper alignment. If you have bands, you can also use those for power. You'd have to get them set up on something where they're very tight. And then for your back, you want to row very explosively. And when you're doing back, you really need to focus on pulling from the shoulder blades, not the arms. So you focus on that explosive movement back, and then you hold it for maybe one or two seconds or even more, and then slowly let that negative release while keeping your back tight. And then about halfway out, release all the way. And then again, so five, six reps like that is going to be very challenging because you really have to have good control of your muscles and you want to make sure that you pull it back as far as you can and as hard as you can on each one. So if you find that by the third one, you didn't pull it back as far, then maybe get a little more focused and try another one. And if it's still not going to go back the same as it did on that first rep, then you're done. You know, there's no sense in doing them where you're not using the right muscle or where you're not getting the most out of them, you're better off resting and then doing them a little bit more or doing them for your next workout. Now looking at the other side of the equation, if you were in the gym, what could you do? Well, obviously you could do all that stuff, but you can also do, and depending on what equipment you have, you can do with kettlebells or sandbags um, or atlas stones or medicine balls different things where you just throw it in the air and catch it if it's something heavy. You can do swings kind of like you would either the hay bales or right through the legs. Um, you can throw it against something. We have a wall at our gym that people are always throwing it one way or another, whether it's straight forward or on your knees or throwing it from one side and then the other. Uh, all of them are 
explosive and they're kind of full body movements. So when you're doing them, you want to think about how can I incorporate my whole body? Um, yeah, that's definitely something I'm going to have to videotape because even some of my clients start out not doing it right and I have to kind of yell at them to use the whole body. So things have to be kind of like a lunge and then a swing. Um, it's not just the arms and they are meant to be explosive. The other thing is uh, shoulder press, uh, could be done like a push press, same thing with barbell press, and so could, well, deadlifts are going to be a power movement anyway, so, I mean, I guess you could do them that way and just do less and work on the form of it, but they're going to be power anyway, so I'm not really sure if you'd want to double do that, but hey, I'm sure there's some protocol out there that is the double deadlift something or other, so anyways, moving on. I think you have an idea of different things that you can do if you don't have any weights or just or you're working out at home. So give them a try. Um, like I said, I'm going to put these on video and stick it on YouTube because I know a lot of times it's not as easy to understand as it is just to see somebody do it once. And if you don't want to wait for me to send out the emails that the video is up, just subscribe to the Get Fit TV channel on YouTube. Um, it's sometimes easier to type in youtube.com forward slash C for channel, and then another forward slash, and then fitness makeover. So sometimes that's an easier way to get there. So moving on to motivation and, you know, the understanding that when you're unmotivated, there's something deep in your subconscious that is telling you or worrying you or something's just not right there. I mean, I know not every day you're going to be gung-ho to go work out, but a lot of times knowing why you're doing it is going to give you a little bit of that extra boost. And we went through perceptions, which will also include a little bit of the self-talk because different things that you perceive to be uh, can be embedded in your head. So things like it's easier for other people or I don't have time and that's stuff that can be both a perspective and it can be a self-talk. So when we look at these things, we have to remember that a lot of times we've made up our mind about what we think, whether something's hard to do or it's impossible, um, and that's not necessarily true. We have to actually stop and challenge some of these things because if we don't and these words keep repeating themselves in our head, then it's just going to continue and get worse. I mean, they're basically like magnets. They're just going to keep attracting stuff that makes them stronger and stronger. So you'll end up seeing, well, I don't have time. Well, see, I, I don't have time. I have to do this and I have to do that. And so different things will just come up. You'll, you'll be able to see things easier that will become obstacles. And that's kind of what we don't want to happen because we do have to be consistent in order to see results in our bodies, but also in our brains. And sometimes these negative thoughts have come from, well, almost always, <laughs> some sort of experience that you've had. And to be honest, experiences happen. Sometimes they happen over and over and over again. And sometimes you think you're jinxed. And sometimes you think that... Um, Maybe there's some voodoo doll out there that's got your name on it. And it's, can, it's very easy to get unmotivated because this stuff really can drag you down, can make you be full of self-doubt. And all of that is very damaging. So the first thing we do was recognizing it. And that's half the battle right there. So once we've recognized it now, we're going to take a look at it and challenge the validity of these thoughts. 
So for example, you can call them um, limiting beliefs or self-talk or perceptions, but they're pretty much going to be very similar. And some of the things that stop us from being in shape are some of the ones we've already mentioned, and maybe you wrote these down, the I don't have time to work out, healthy food is boring. I'm going to go through a couple of them that I hear quite frequently. Um, diets don't work on me anyway. Losing weight is too hard. I'm not disciplined enough, or I don't have enough dedication, or my body type is just like this. This is my genetics. A lot of things I hear is I don't have the willpower. And some people come right out and say I'm lazy, which makes me think they're really not, because if they were, they wouldn't even give this a thought at all. Now, when you think about the different things that we're saying to ourselves or the limiting beliefs about getting in shape or maybe about working out, you can also think about the ones we just say about ourselves. I'm not good enough to accomplish things like that, or I'm too old to get in shape, or I don't have the body type. And these are not things that are necessarily specific to fitness, but they're even more damaging because they can be applied to anything in your life at any moment. And so those can be much more damaging and we definitely have to work on taking those out of the vocabulary, which really is just as simple as taking the not. So instead of I'm not good enough, I am good enough. And putting these things in that present tense statement that makes a difference in our brain. There are some additional worksheets I'm going to put up on the site with this episode so that you can download them and that they will help you go through the different steps for challenging some of these negative beliefs that we're going to challenge right now. So basically, let's kind of start with the beginning of our uh, what's stopping you from getting in shape kind of list. I don't have time to work out. Okay, now I got to say, in some situations, there are times where that is true. But for the majority of people, you can find at least five minutes. I mean, we know now that doing some of those power movements, whether they're high impact or low impact, they're going to boost your metabolism. And so even if you just did them for five minutes, you're going to start seeing changes in your body if you do that every single day. So five minutes alone is enough time to work out. Sure, you'd want to have more, but you know what? As long as you have that, at least you've got something that your body is using. So looking at your schedule realistically, it's not I don't have time to work out. It's I make the time to work out. I schedule the time to work out. You look and you see what's important to you and you make time for it. So you do have time to work out. You just got to figure out where and then how much. And even if it's not a full hour or 45 minutes or even 20 minutes, understand that even the five is going to be good. Even just doing isometric contractions of your muscles is going to keep them active and that blood flow going. Is it optimal? No. But is it better than nothing? Absolutely. So take that right out of your vocabulary, the I don't have time to work out, and understand that, sure, there are certain days where it might be like that. But if you sit and schedule your workouts like you do the dentist appointments or any other appointments you have, or if you take a look and say, well, you know what, when I take my kid to baseball practice, I can do some stuff with the rubber bands. Yes, I know, you'll probably embarrass the heck out of your kid, but oh well, you know, like they haven't done it to us, all right? So either way, you're sitting there, you can do something, you can stretch, 
which is obviously going to be really good. It's not going to make you lose weight, but the stretching is very good for our health and just to make our bodies function properly. So light stretching is easy to do without anybody really noticing too. All right, the next one, healthy food is boring. Well, who says healthy food has to be boring? Well, I mean, I know my cooking is very boring, but other people know how to add spices and this and that, and there's recipes, and gosh, now there's all these different places that will actually send you all the ingredients, all the spices, tell you how to cook it. There's no reason whatsoever for healthy food to be boring. And then, of course, there are the other services that bring it to you already made. So that one, we can just say, you know what, that's completely false now. So we can start to see how these things might look true, but when you start to analyze them, you start to challenge them, then you realize, oh gosh, that's just, that's just a bunch of nonsense. So the next one, losing weight is painful. Well, how is it painful? You start to feel better. You start to fit your clothes better. Um, you're happier. I don't really know how that's painful. So it might be in the sense that you're thinking, well, I don't like to diet. Or some people, I don't like to exercise. Well, okay, but that's different than losing weight is painful. Um, you have to do some work if you want to change. And it doesn't have to be the kind of workout that you kill yourself with. It just has to be something consistent. Now, the one that um, I've actually heard several times, diets don't work on me anyway. So I'm not even going to do it is what they mostly say. Um, and that kind of goes hand in hand with the, well, I'm just meant to look this big or I'm just a big boned. I'm just meant to be this way. And maybe it's true for some people, but most people it's, it's not. You know, most of the time your body can change. Um, people who tend to be heavier and have more muscle, well, yeah, they're going to have a different type of workout program than somebody who has just the localized body fat in the lower half. So there are things to consider there, but it doesn't mean you can't change your body. Now, you're not going to make yourself go from five foot two to five foot eight, but you can either slim something down or tone something up or get stronger in different areas. So when we're thinking about diets not working on me and just kind of completely giving up, then we have to go back and kind of say, well, no, you know, diets work, training works. What doesn't work is this type of attitude that is already self-defeating before you even begin. And when I say diets work, it doesn't mean that you have to go starve yourself. It just means paying attention to what you're eating and eating healthy. A diet really isn't supposed to be something that's completely restrictive. It's something that is nourishing and you should be eating throughout the day and you should know what you're eating and, and be planning it too. And that's where we get into trouble. If we don't plan, well, you know the saying, if we fail to plan, we plan to fail. If we don't plan for when our meals are going to be, they're not going to happen or they're going to happen and be not very high quality meals. So it all works. We just have to use our minds to have the patience to give it the time it needs to work because your body, remember, it doesn't want to change. And you really have to work hard to convince it that you're in this for the long haul. You're going to keep eating healthy. You're going to keep doing exercise of some form to keep that body moving. And you basically have to convince it that you're serious. Now, the last one I'm going to cover is the I don't have willpower to accomplish this or that or whatever. Well, you know what? It's not about willpower. It's about why. Why do you want to accomplish this? Because if you don't know that why, then it's not important to you. So basically, every morning when you wake up, you have to know what that why is. Why do I want to lose weight? Well, I want to lose it because the doctor said I was unhealthy and 
this will make me more healthy so I can live longer, so I can see my kids grow up, so I can be at their wedding, so I can see grandkids. And you know, that's how you have to break it down so that it really hits you where it hurts, which is your heart. You know, you have to have your heart into it. Otherwise, yeah, you're not going to have the willpower or the motivation or anything. For some people, their motivation is, I feel better when I'm doing this. And I have to keep telling myself that I feel better because it's too easy for me to lay on the couch. And when I lay on the couch, I don't feel good. And it's a vicious cycle. So again, figuring out the why. The why is, I feel better when I do this. Whether I like it or not, I still feel better. So putting it right there, rephrasing it, changing it, because you do have whatever power you want to do something. And sometimes it takes more time than others. And sometimes it takes more effort. But you know what? I always say if getting in shape was easy, then everybody would be in shape. And it's not that it's not easy, because it's, it is relatively simple. But it's knowing your why, you know, having that constant motivation to do stuff. And I know a lot of times people say, well, you're just more motivated than I am. And it's like, no, I'm just using my head because I know if I go too long without working out, I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to get grouchy. Um, muscles are going to hurt. Things are going to get tight, you know, and this is just using logic to help yourself get motivated. So sit down and really think about why you exercise, why you want to lose weight, why you want to eat healthy, all of these things, and really dig deep. Um, in one of the makeovers, we have a worksheet where you basically go down about five times, I think, and you ask yourself, why do I want to achieve this? How will that make me feel? And then when I achieve this, what do I want to achieve and how will that make me feel? So you keep breaking it down, and then eventually you get to that one big why, which um, yeah, for one of my clients was breaking it down, and it was like, my it ended up being that my dad died real young of heart disease, and, and I don't want that to happen to me. And so now that's a much, much stronger motivator than, yeah, I need to lose some weight. Okay, so that's something that he can go to and think of, and, and that gets his ass out of bed. Okay, so these are the things, that emotional connection that's in there, it's already in there, you just got to dig it out. I'm actually going to go into even deeper details on this in a Mindset Makeover workshop, but in the meantime, you can download the forms at the website and get started on your own. When I was researching some different things on nutrition on the internet, and some of them just to let you know a little sneak peek is comparing protein bars, I found some foods that they were listing for, I forget what the reasons were, but anyways, regardless, they were things I had never, ever, ever heard of. Um, I think they were ones that were supposed to be like the best for getting rid of belly fat or something like that. Uh, and I'm going to give you two of them and let me know if you've heard of these. You can you know, put it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever the heck. Um, just I'm curious if anybody's actually ever heard of these. The first one is green banana flour. Now, yeah, never heard of that. Um, what I found on it is that it's one of the world's richest sources of gut healthy prebiotic resistant starch. I have no idea what that means. And honestly, I'm not going to look it up any further because I don't think I'll ever come across green banana flour. Well, I may, and I may know what it is now, but I'm never going to probably eat it. Um, it also says that it helps to prove um, your response to insulin. 
and can help prevent fat storage around the waist. Now, I don't know how you're supposed to use it. They say um, throwing it into a smoothie or your oatmeal or blend it with your coffee. That's also very interesting. So I don't know if it tastes like banana. Um, why is it green? Uh, why is it made into a flower? I mean, these are all questions that I have. And if you know, please, by all means, let me know too. But if you do come across green banana flower, or if you've actually had it, let us know. The next one is lupini beans. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. Um, they're talking about it being a low net carb. Also, another prebiotic, this time fiber and a high protein legume that uh, does not spike your blood sugar levels. And that's kind of the, the issue with most carbohydrates, especially when they're eaten on their own. If you combine them with protein, it's going to slow that absorption. And if you add some fibrous uh, vegetables at the same time, it slows it even further and makes for the ideal meal of protein, carbs, and fiber. So this one having the high, very high in fiber obviously is going to keep your blood sugar levels from spiking, which in turn helps with reducing fat because you're not promoting weight gain. So I guess it's not really that these things on their own are going to make you lose weight, but if it, anything that helps to regulate your blood sugar levels will ultimately help you lose weight. Also, it'll help keep your energy levels more consistent. So, you know, it's a win-win there. But I've heard of lots of different types of beans. I've just never heard of lupini beans. Um, you can look on the website and see how it's spelt. Uh, so anyways, it does talk about them being ground and made into a, a protein or here again, some sort of flour. So I'm not sure if that's how you're supposed to eat them or if you're supposed to cook them like you would other beans or lentils or things. Um, yeah, so a whole other world out there of foods that I've never heard of. So if I come across any other ones, I'll let you know. And hey, if you have any, please let me know too. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com, allinoneworkout.com, or coachkira.com.